everyone and welcome back to Note to Self by Peyton Sarton. That's me. I'm Peyton Sarton. What's up? So we are on episode three now. Guys, I'm really, I'm learning a lot as we go forward here. Podcasting is not easy, let me tell ya. There's some technical things behind the scenes that your girl has to learn a little bit more about, but we're really getting there and I'm really excited to have you on this journey with me. So let's do a little life update. I am currently sitting in my downtown LA apartment on my beautiful worm couch, what I like I like to call it, the worm couch. If you have not seen my worm couch, where have you been? Do you follow me on Instagram? I post it every single day. I'm obsessed with it. I'm sitting in my worm couch with my brand new coffee table. It is beautiful. I'm so proud of it. I have some big girl furniture now and I'm so happy to be here. You know, my mid to late 20s, I've really developed an interior design style and it makes me feel like a real adult. As if paying my taxes and like doing shit for my health insurance hasn't made me feel like a real adult, the furniture has made me feel like the realest of adults possible, honestly. I just had a peach seltzer to relax from a long day of administrative duties and shooting stuff and just feeling a little bit stressed. I definitely needed something to take the edge off. I like the brand called Nude. They're a hard seltzer, and I like the peach flavor a lot. They have a couple different flavors I like, actually. So I'm chilling. I've got a candle burning. I'm feeling luxe. I'm feeling relaxed. So after a long day of shooting, I was actually on the phone with my boyfriend, Joe. For those of you who do not know Joe, listen to the last episode. He's my favorite person. And I was telling him how I was having a hard day. And then about 30 minutes after we got off the phone, I had a 30 count chicken nugget from Chick-fil-A delivered to my door with French fries and a sweet tea. And that was courtesy of Joseph as per usual. He just, he really knows how to brighten my day. So right now I am full of chicken nuggets and full of peach seltzer, and I'm ready to get in on this episode. Another update, I sent out my orders for full disclosure. So if you guys ordered something last week on full disclosure, that went out earlier today and you should get a shipping confirmation on that. Thank y'all so much as always um, for supporting my small business. I'm really excited to get into future collections just because I'm going to get a little more creative with it. We're going to have some color. We're going to have some graphics and things like that on products. And I want to make more accessories and things like that. But I just thought it would be easy to start with something very simple. So that's what the Signature Varsity Collection has been. If you guys want to check that out, I'm going to restock a couple hoodies and shorts here coming up soon. That is at shopfulldisclosure.com and then on Instagram at wearfulldisclosure. And if you did order something, definitely post on Instagram, tag us and I will definitely repost you. I'm really excited to see everyone in their full disclosure. It just means so much to me to create something and for people to actually really like it. So thank you all so much for buying. Thank you all so much for supporting. I'm really pumped. So I really wanted to have one of my LA friends on this episode. And we just had a hard time like, you know, getting our schedules correct and actually getting into a podcast studio to record because when I record with someone else, Um, any kind of guest, I definitely want to go into a studio. So you guys are stuck with me today, like it or not. (laughs) I'm all you got for this episode. I asked you on Instagram, what questions you had for me just in general, I kind of wanted to see what direction I could take an episode or two, um, what topics you guys are really more interested in. And I got a number of responses in different like 
categories, I guess you would say. So I'm going to answer three questions today because I have a bit to say about all three of them. And I think these were the three most asked questions in some way or another. Obviously, everyone used like different words, but the gist of the questions is pretty much the same. And they were the most frequent questions. So question number one, I think it's this is the one we're going to start with just coming off of the last episode with Joe and how I mentioned that I have manifested a boyfriend. I got so many questions that were like, teach me, like, how do I, <laughs> how do I manifest a boyfriend? How do I manifest someone in my life? Um, you know, like a specific person or whatever. So let's get into that. Question number one, that's what we're going to tackle, how I manifested a whole ass man into my life. I want to preface this with I am a single soul. I'm very independent. I've always really enjoyed being single. And after I turned 26 last year, I just, I had like a reckoning kind of where I was like, listen to me talking to myself, listen, you're scared of relationships because you're scared to be dependent on someone. That's partially why I was scared of relationships. And it's a, it's a task for you to be dependent on someone and to learn how to be you know, in a relationship, especially like a romantic relationship with someone. It's just, it's difficult for me. It doesn't come naturally to me. I knew that would be a challenge and something for me to like kind of learn from. So I really got real with myself and I was like, you need, you just, you need to put yourself out there and be open to being in a committed relationship. I was cool with doing like the talking to guys thing from afar and like just meeting up with them and friends to go out and like having a little crush on someone. Like I did that for such a long time and I had had relationships in the past, but I wouldn't really consider any of them like real committed adult relationships. And again, I knew that would be a very, it would be a hurdle for me to get over. So I was like, you need to challenge yourself and stop avoiding it at least and be open to it. So once I realized that I remember one night I was laying in bed and I always kind of do this before I lay in bed, the whole manifesting thing. And I want to note that I'm not the super, super woo-woo spiritual crystal type, though I like really want to be, you know, (laughs) I just don't know enough enough about it, but I've learned about manifestation and I, I truly believe that it's just a form of goal setting or really getting clear on what you want, or you could call it, you know, people do it through prayer, I guess, sometimes or or writing down your goals somewhere. I think that's all a form of manifestation. And I really do think that when you put something out into the world and get really clear with yourself um, and put it out there into the universe, I do think that you attract those things. The whole law of attraction thing is really interesting to me and I really do believe in it. So before I go to sleep at night is usually when I will do my manifesting, if you will, and I'll just relax. And this has actually worked well for me with work and money and things, um, as well as just opportunities and, uh, you know, manifesting even just moods or happiness. And it really worked when it came to meeting Joe, my current boyfriend. So specifically when I was doing my witchcraft to meet someone like Joe, I was laying in bed one night and I remember this so clearly. It had, it was probably about a month or a month and a half before I actually met Joe And I was laying in bed. I had definitely come to the conclusion, like I said, that I needed to be in an adult relationship just for personal growth and for the experience, Um, whether it ends up working out or not in the end. I always, I just, I got real with myself and was like, come on, you, you gotta, (laughs) you gotta do this one time. All right. Stop being scared. So I laid in bed. I relaxed. It was right before I went to sleep and I got really clear on what it is that I want 
from a man, what it is I want from a relationship. And I did that by being very unapologetic about what I wanted. And what I mean by that is after obviously the acceptance and the wanting to be in a relationship, the desire to be in a relationship happened, I had to get clear on what I wanted in a person. And for me, I think a partner um, should be a very inspiring person. And I want to be with someone who has uh, an ambitious nature. I want to be with someone who has a job that they love a lot, maybe a job that stresses them out similar to how mine does. But I'm very dedicated to what I do. And I work all the time. I've built this, you know, influencing thing from the ground up all by myself. And it's taken a lot of effort and a lot of believing in myself and getting through hardships and things like that on my own. And I want someone who has a drive like that and a passion like that for something. Another thing I noted is I really wanted to be with someone that I was very sexually attracted to. I had dated guys in the past, like I said, but I've always been more of a personality girl. Like I love people, like I said, who have ambition and drive and things like that. Um, And I feel like in the past, I've always either dated guys or talked to guys that were more like my friends that I had to kind of like, I don't know, convince myself that I thought they were attractive. I haven't really dated anyone that I was like, oh my God, I cannot get my hands off this person. And I was like, well, I really want that. Like I really want to be physically attracted to someone that I also respect, (laughs) which is like so rare for me that just like, it's never happened before Joe, really. Um, I either really was attracted to someone and didn't really respect them as a person or I wasn't inspired by them, or I was inspired by them and I respected them, but I didn't, nothing in me was like, oh, I want to rip their clothes off right now, you know, until I got like drunk or something (laughs) so bad, but it's true. It had never happened to me before. So that was another thing that I listed that I wanted. Um, another thing that was important to me that goes along with the ambition. And this also goes along with the fact that I was being very unapologetic about what I wanted is the fact that I wanted him to be making as much money as me or more money than I, than I make. Um, I want someone who can give financially to a relationship, especially if it's going to go into like marriage and children and things like that. I'm not sorry for wanting someone who has uh, the financial ability to provide me and my kids with a life that we all want. You know, that doesn't mean that I'm going to stop working or anything like that just because it's in my nature and I, I always need to be doing something and I really enjoy working. But I don't feel sorry for wanting a man who makes good money. And I, I got clear with that. I was like, this is what I want and I'm not sorry. I also, you know, of equal importance, I really wanted someone who is smart, um, very intelligent, interesting, curious, someone I can talk to about things, obviously, and hopefully do so for a long time. And someone that I found to be inspiring mentally, as well as like, you know, obviously their drive and stuff for their work. But I feel like curiosity and the wanting to learn about the world and and other people and, uh, you know, travel around and do things like that. I wanted that level of intelligence and awareness. And I also wanted someone who could make me laugh, um, who was witty and funny and to me, a lot of the times that does go along with intellect. So those two were kind of grouped in together. So those were the qualities that I was looking for. After I kind of went through those in my head, and this was all very fluid because I kind of already knew what I wanted, you know, when I compiled those all in my head, when I was just like sitting there about to go to sleep, there was something in me that knew I would meet someone like this. And it's kind of difficult to imagine just because there's that's so many things to look for in someone and that's so many things to ask of someone. But for some reason, that specific night, I was just like, 
I know I'm going to find this and I'm not worried about it. If you want a certain type of person, get really, really clear on it and be unapologetic about it um, with yourself. Okay, so after that, a big part of manifestation is focusing on feeling and how you're supposed to feel in a relationship. So then I was like, okay, well, I want to feel safe. I want to feel like I can trust someone. I want to feel like I'm when I talk to them, I'm like talking to myself. Like I don't want to feel judged. I also want to feel inspired, like I said, and I appreciate it. And I want someone to make me feel special. Like I mean a lot to them. So that was something that was very important to me. The hard part for me here was I wanted to be in love because I've never prior to my current relationship actually been in love with someone, which is shocking because I'm now 27 years old. I started dating Joe at 26. I had up to this point never actually been in love with anyone. So I couldn't like feel that feeling in order to attract it. Cause I think a lot of the times once you, let's say you want to be happy, you feel happiness and you really make yourself feel that happiness. And I think you attract more of being happy. Um, and the feelings thing is really powerful in my opinion. So for this, I was like, okay, I know what it feels like to be safe. I know what it feels like to trust someone. I know what it feels like to feel special in some ways. And I know what it feels like to be physically attracted to somebody, but I don't know what it feels like to be in love. So I was like, I want that new feeling. I can imagine what it would feel like, but I've loved people in the past, but I've never been like in that like real romantic love before. That was another thing I was like, I want to feel that for sure. I think it's time for me. And though that really scares me and scared me at the time for sure, that was something that I definitely focused on. Also, another thing is I wanted to really focus on the feelings that I could provide for someone else. And I really like to go back to the qualities that I wanted and the feelings I wanted to have. I also focus on what I can give to someone else based on the qualities that I have and the feelings that I can give someone else. So I thought about that for a little bit as well. And the last step after I, you know, put out my desire to be in a relationship, got really clear on the qualities I wanted, got really clear on the feelings that I wanted to have. The last step was kind of that really quiet, simple knowing that it was going to happen to me and I did not stress about it. I didn't think about it like I really needed it right now. I was just like, you know what? There was something in me that specific night that I was like, it's going to happen when it happens and it's going to happen for me. I know it. And that person exists for me for sure. And um, I'm excited to meet him when the time comes. And then I just went to sleep. And I was kind of in this like weird state between like being awake and being asleep pretty much this whole time. And explaining it makes it seem like it was like a huge drawn out process. Really, I had just been thinking about this stuff and kind of got clear on it in my head for the first time, kind of all in a in an order like that, kind of like, like I said, the four steps that I went through. So the four steps that I went through were really committing to what I wanted, which was to experience being in a real adult relationship and then getting clear on the qualities, getting, getting clear on the feelings, and then also surrendering that um, and having like a sense of knowing that it would happen. And then I would say about a month or so, maybe a month or so later, Joe reached out to me on Raya and I honestly didn't think much of it. I wasn't really paying attention. You know how you get on dating apps and you're like, you're on and off them and like you'll you'll get on like once when you're tipsy and then like match with people and then get on like three weeks later and be like, oh, sorry, I forgot this was here or whatever. Basically, that's what I did. <laughs> and our talk kind of fizzled out on Raya and I never really thought much of it. I didn't really creep on him or anything. And then he talked to me on Instagram and said something that 
made me laugh or something like that. And that's when I kind of started paying attention to him. So I truly believe I manifested this. I also believe that I had, you know, the first opportunity to really talk to this amazing guy and I didn't really see it at the time. And then it came back around as if like, okay, no, this is supposed to happen. This is supposed to be in your life. So that's how I manifested a boyfriend. Once I was with him, things were not complicated at all. Things went very smoothly. If anything, I was like the person that was like a little bit iffy. And I remember I was having some conversation with my friend being like, oh, I don't know. This guy seems too good. Or, you know, is this really happening? Like, I don't know. It makes me kind of nervous, whatever. And my friend Kelsey was like, if you start acting weird around this guy, (laughs) I'm going to fucking kill you. (laughs) This is the most perfect situation. He's the most perfect guy for you. So what I really did was after all of that and the manifestation and finding someone being open to someone, I stayed open to that person and I didn't run away. I didn't overcomplicate things in my head, though I, you know, my brain tried to, but I really tried to calm myself down. And so far, you know, a year, a year later, it's, it's all been working even when we have to do long distance and like, he doesn't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of time. Like we're all over the place. It's still working really smoothly. So, so that's how I, you know, quote manifested a boyfriend. He's definitely a very unique guy and I'm very lucky to have him in my life. And I do believe it's because I got so clear and comfortable with my life and myself and what I really wanted from someone and what I could provide to someone else. And then I just trusted um, that it would happen. And I trusted the universe, so to speak. Okay. Question number two, I got a lot of variations of what was it like to move to Los Angeles from a place like Texas or what's it like to move to LA? What's life like in Los Angeles? Those various questions. So let's tackle living in Los Angeles and particularly moving to Los Angeles from a place like Texas. So first I'm going to tell you kind of about my experience moving to Los Angeles, living in Los Angeles, and then I'll give you guys some tips uh, for, I don't know, just like a mindset living here, how to, I guess, live your best life if you're moving to a city like Los Angeles or New York or something like that. So for me, I visited LA for the first time. I think I was 12 or 13 and I was immediately drawn to Los Angeles. I recently discovered an astrocartography, I think is what it's called. And when I say recently, I feel like in the last two years and It's kind of like it takes your whole astrology chart and shows you where in the world like you would feel the happiest or the most comfortable. And actually, my sun line is through uh, the West Coast. So I'm not like giving so much credit to that, but that was kind of cool to figure out because there's something about Los Angeles I've always been very, very drawn to. I don't know if it's like the sun and the weather, which is kind of an obvious one. Everyone's drawn to Southern California because of that. But there's something about the energy as well and the opportunity. It just really felt like home and it felt really exciting um, since like the day that I visited at 12 or 13 years old. So I always kind of knew I would I would live in L.A. I just didn't know like how that would be done, especially, you know, at that age, blogging wasn't a thing. I didn't really want to be like a famous person. So I just was like, I'll live in L.A., but like, we'll see what happens. When I was in college, I decided I wanted to live in Los Angeles for a few months, and I thought that this would would be the perfect time to do it. I was a little ahead in school because of like AP classes and stuff, so I had a semester that I really only needed to take like four hours, and I could do that online, so I was like, perfect. I'm going to intern in Los Angeles, 
And I went on internships.com. I found myself an internship at For Love and Lemons. And the way that I got this internship was I started a blog to show companies that I could work in fashion. I could talk about fashion and style and and take people from social media and push them to a website. So that's literally why I started my blog was to get this internship because I was studying political science. And a lot of the feedback I was getting from these fashion companies was like, what do you like? What does a poli sci major want to do, you know, (laughs) with us working in fashion? So I started the blog and I got an internship in fashion PR. I was doing PR and social media for For Love and Lemons at the time. And I moved out to LA for a total of eight months. So I lived out here for a whole semester, my spring semester and a summer. I didn't really have any friends out here. I kind of just moved and my parents were really nice and my grandparents were really nice and helped me with rent. Uh, I took some online courses and then I had my internship every week. And this was such an amazing learning experience, not only when it comes to social media and PR, learning from a company like For Love and Lemons, who was fucking killing it back then and still is. Um, I continued blogging because from the social media PR side on the brand, I worked with bloggers and I noticed, um, you know, it wasn't really happening in Texas, but out in LA, people were starting to make a lot of money blogging, like as an actual job at that point. And I was just blown away with their lifestyle. So I continued to blog and I was surrounded by other people who were also doing that with me, smaller bloggers and influencers and people I could get together with and go to events with even back then. I definitely, I adventured, I met a ton of people. I was 21, so I could go out and that was like a really easy way to meet people. I met people through work. I met people through people who lived in my building. I met people through mutual friends um, who just like set us up to hang out. So I really took advantage of being social and going out and the extra time I had on the weekends um, to really do that. And it was amazing. I met all the people and did all the things. And then I went back to college to finish my senior year. And I knew at that point, I was like, I know I want to do the blogging thing because I see it working for so many people. And I also knew I wanted to be back in Los Angeles, like really badly because returning home to Texas after just living this crazy, fun, adventurous, almost like chaotic life was really, really hard for me, especially in my smaller college town. I also wanted to note that I grew up in a military family. So when I was younger, we moved every two years. And then when I, as I got older and I lived in Texas, we lived in Houston for like four years. And then I lived in Fort Worth for like almost six years. So that was like the longest I ever lived anywhere. So I'm very used to movement and chaos and being kind of calm in the chaos. I also really love being a small fish in a really big pond. One thing I do not like about going home is the fact that if I go to Whole Foods, I might see someone I know or like, you know, you always will see someone you know (laughs) in Fort Worth if I go out. Like, I just like anonymity. I like people not knowing who I am. And uh, I, I find it to be a challenge to be anonymous and unknown in a small fish in a big pond. I think it's really exciting to live that kind of life. So that's something to kind of to qualify the moving to LA because that might not be for everyone. I also get bored really, really easily. Like I just, I don't like monotony. I need stimulation. I need challenges. I don't want to feel comfortable all the time. I don't want to feel comfortable a lot of the time. I just, like I said, get really bored. So LA has been perfect for me. 
Also, the idea of picking up my whole life and moving it somewhere um, is more exciting than scary to me. I do. It is intimidating. It can always be intimidating, but I enjoy that feeling. Um, and I think that again, the challenge is so worth it. And I like the idea of adventuring. I'd like to live in so many different places. And that's another reason that Los Angeles just worked for me and picking up and moving was easy because it's just like natural for me. Okay. So let's get into me moving here after college, like how I found my roommate, my apartment, things like that. Cause this might be helpful for some of you wanting to move to a big city, especially Los Angeles. And then I'll share with you guys some closing thoughts on LA because I think I will be probably leaving by the end of the year. And I definitely have some things I've learned that I feel like would do people really good if they're just moving here or want to move here. All right. So let's talk logistics. If you're looking to move to LA or a place like Los Angeles. So after college, I decided (laughs) that I was moving to Los Angeles. I actually decided it before I left college, obviously. So I'd been thinking about it and I kind of put feelers out with my friends, just if they knew any mutual friends. I also, you know, there was a lot of girls I followed on Instagram. So I showed my interest. I think it was on, I don't even know if stories existed. Probably. I don't really remember, honestly. So I just showed my interest in moving out to Los Angeles. And through mutual friends and social media, actually, I was connected with my friend Molly, who was also at a big Texas state school. She was doing the blogging thing. We'd followed each other for a while. And... She was like, yeah, I want to move out to LA too, so we should consider being roommates. And we had enough mutual friends to vet each other and make sure like each other were normal, and we had enough conversations online and followed each other for a long enough time to feel comfortable with that, and we actually literally met the day we moved in together. Our third roommate was a girl that I met when I lived out in LA when I was interning, so That was really convenient, obviously, because I had made friends um, with a lot of college students at UCLA when I was interning because I was in college as well. And I kind of like fell into a good crowd, some people I'm still friends with today, and my friend Iman, for one. Um, When I moved out here, I just used, you know, mutual friends, social media, and then someone I had known previously in Los Angeles. My third roommate, who I knew from LA, I didn't know like super, super, super well, but we knew each other enough to be like, okay, we're normal and we can live together. So if you're looking to move to a place, even like a bigger city in your state, whether it's, you know, Dallas, Houston, Chicago, Miami, New York, LA, places like that, always use mutual friends. You'll be surprised when you put your feelers out how many people know people moving to another city like that who need a roommate. Definitely use your social network. You can use social media. Obviously, you need to be safe and careful when it comes to that. Use your common sense. Uh, Meet people before you move in with them or make sure that you have enough mutual friends to like vet that person because you just want to have a good experience, especially when you're moving to a big city. It can already be chaotic enough. Like You want to try at least your best to have a good roommate who you trust and who you like, if possible. In terms of finding our apartment, we got lucky because our third roommate, so it was me, Molly, and our third roommate, she was already living out in Los Angeles. So she was able to drive around, and if we saw something we liked online, she was able to go look at it, and that was really convenient for us. Things that I use to find apartments, literally just Google. Um, I feel like a lot of the answers to things I have about Los Angeles 
Um, like, how'd you get your internship? How'd you find your roommate? How'd you find your apartment? Are so obvious. Do not overthink this, okay? I got my internship on internships.com, all right? I found my roommates through social media and through just like literally putting on Instagram that I wanted to move to LA and it fell into place. I found my apartments. I've always found my apartments on Google. (laughs) Don't make it harder than it needs to be. Do some searching. Definitely give yourself enough time like with all three of those very specific things that I get questions about. I started looking for my internship, my roommate, my apartment, um, you know, a job if that's what you're looking for. I started looking at probably about a year, six months to a year out. So just keep an eye out, look around, get used to like the apartments and the prices and like what's available and all that stuff. Be prepared. And then just literally you can use Google, you can use apartments.com, you can use Zillow, places like that. I found my current apartment on Google. I've just had the best luck, like literally just Googling Los Angeles apartments and seeing what comes up. If you are able to, I highly recommend coming to see your apartment before. Uh, You can always have some like a realtor or like someone walk through it and do like a video for you. I think that coming to see the apartment before is really important if you can do that. Some things to note about LA apartments and probably apartments in bigger cities like New York and Chicago as well. I'm actually not really sure about Chicago, but I do know New York. Having central air conditioning and in-unit washer dryer are two kind of rare things for bigger cities like this. I think the newer buildings usually have them, but like if you're looking for apartments in West Hollywood, Hollywood, Santa Monica, places like that, Manhattan Beach especially, you're going to run into a lot of apartments that do not have either central air or in-unit washer dryer for you or both. And for me, I really wanted that. So I was very specific about that when I was searching. Those apartments can be a little more expensive when you do have those extra things. Um, But those were two really important things to me. And I just definitely wanted to note that because coming from Texas, I'm not living without air conditioning. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not doing that. AC is a way of life in Texas and I need it. I didn't even know it was possible to not have central air conditioning because no one could live in Texas without central air. You know, it's, it would be really difficult. Let me just say, but yeah, come see it before if you can. I think that's important because then you can know if like anything weird is happening or if you feel weird about your building manager or like if there's like a weird smell or something like that. I've walked into apartments that I thought were really cute online and then I went in person and they had like a weird mildew smell or something. It's fucking disgusting. Definitely either you come or get someone to come for you and like see the apartment. Okay, so some other notes I have on Los Angeles for you if you are looking to move here um, and just some things I've learned and more about my experience. So first, it took me about two years of living in LA for LA to feel like home. So I'd go back to Texas, I'd fly to Texas, I'd feel very comfortable at home, I'd come back to LA, and it didn't feel like I was landing at home when I landed in LA until about a year and a half, two years in. I say this because I don't want you to get discouraged. If you move here and you feel lonely or lost or overwhelmed by Los Angeles, because it's a very challenging place to live, for many reasons, but that's also what makes it so magical. It can be such an adventure. LA just has unfolded for me in such a beautiful way, and I just wish that for everyone who chooses to move here. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I gave it a chance and I let myself feel the feelings of loneliness or being overwhelmed or being incredibly humbled and things like that. 
um, and I let it make the situation better in most cases. And I think that's really important to note if you're going to live somewhere like a big city, it's, it's always going to be that way. Second, I would say meet everyone that you can, take all the risks that you can, enjoy everything that this very unique and very infamous city has available because this place is like world renowned. Like you watch TV, we're in the center of culture. It's, hold on one second, Joe's calling me. Okay, so sorry, Joe just called in now. Um, and I had to talk to him for a second. Also, if you guys can hear Taylor, my roommate, TK, in the background, just ignore that for a second because she's on the phone and I need to record this. So, okay, we're keeping, we're going, we're keeping, we're keeping it moving. We're keeping it moving. Oh, what I was saying about Los Angeles is this is such a center of culture. And you'll find that with a lot of big cities where like I go downstairs and there's movies being filmed and there's TV shows being filmed and there's people who literally create like modern American culture, like just living down the street. And it's, it is so exciting and interesting to watch. Um, and it's really interesting to be a part of. And it makes me feel like I'm really a part of like culture uh, whenever I live here. And again, like I said, I'd feel the same about New York, probably. It's just, this is such an epicenter for so many different things. And when you live in a big city, it's going to be like that. And it's just, it's so exciting and fun. So take advantage of everything that you can when you're in a place like this. That being said, I do think it's important to keep your wits about you because I've met some of the most amazing people in Los Angeles. Um, and I've also, you know, on the opposite end of that, met people who are the worst. <laughs> and they have either they just are lost or they just like truly have like a darkness inside of them. And I'd say that and like, it sounds dramatic and it kind of is. I always joke that like, I just know some people who like, for example, live in the Hollywood Hills. Whenever I'm up in the Hollywood Hills, I will say it's usually, if I'm up there, it's like 6 a.m. and I've been doing things that I shouldn't be doing. Um, but leaving the hills always gives me this like really weird, like parallel universe type of feeling. And I feel like people go up into the hills and like literally lose their souls and like they never come back. And if you live in LA, you might know what I mean. There's like some kind of weird spiritual warfare happening sometimes. I avoid the hills like the fucking plague. Let me just tell you, I don't like that whole vibe. Um, but that's where I think LA gets a bad rap is like the more like Hollywood scene and definitely like parties up in the hills and stuff can be really fun. And I, I enjoy that on occasion. Um, but the Hollywood scene can be really dark and scary. I think if you take it too seriously and you like, you want to be a part of it too much. So definitely be kind to people. Cause again, you'll meet some really amazing people here, but don't let people take advantage of you. Don't trust people right off the bat. Definitely. Again, keep your wits about you because I think that's important. I've had people take advantage of me in terms of like money stuff. Like, you know, I offered to pay more in rent cause they couldn't pay their rent. And then like, they just took it and ran with it and they would like live this expensive lifestyle, like ordering fucking Whole Foods every every single day of their lives. And like, I'm paying half the rent because I'm nice. And I thought they didn't have any money, but apparently they do, question mark. So things like that have happened to me. <laughs> don't fucking pay for anyone's rent, okay? Just don't do it. This apartment I live in right now has been the first apartment I've lived in where I feel like everything is done really fairly. So like TK's not bringing in her boyfriends to live with us rent-free. She's not trying to coerce me into paying more rent than I owe, you know? So don't trust people. 
did I die because of any of that kind of stuff happened to me? No, it was fucking annoying though. And I probably could have saved more money had I been like, hey, no, you're going to pay your own rent and I don't feel bad for you. You know, Um, obviously there are much worse things that can happen uh, than that. I'm lucky that that's kind of like the quote, being taken advantage of situation that I experienced because it could have been much worse in a lot of different ways. So just keep your wits about you. Don't trust everyone. Stand up for yourself and just always make sure that you're doing things and experiencing things that make you feel safe in a way. Like obviously discomfort, being out of your comfort zone is important, but just like knowing that like no one's actually taking advantage of you is a wonderful feeling. So keep that in mind. Another thing I want to say is definitely come here or to a city like New York or something expecting to work hard. So LA is very expensive and hard work has been essential for me to live here comfortably. And I haven't always been comfortable. I've worked really hard and not lived comfortably. Um, I've worked odd jobs here. I was like a beverage promo girl. I was babysitting for a little while, things like that until I could get this blogging thing really taking off. Um, Even then I do like Poshmark uh, and things like that. Obviously with the rise of uh, Uber Eats and Postmates and DoorDash and various app services, uh, TaskRabbit, things like that. Those would all be great ways to supplement income here if that's something that interests you. So contrary to popular belief, LA is not really a city for lazy people. I know people who moved to LA and are they live here less than a year because they literally just can't afford to live here anymore. So definitely come here prepared to work really, really hard to piggyback on that. The opportunity here is unbelievable, like absolutely unbelievable for you in so many different fields. But you know, that old like adage that like good luck has to find you working or opportunity has to find you working. You're only going to get those opportunities. You're only going to get be met with that good luck if you're actually working. (laughs) It doesn't just come to you when you're doing nothing. Definitely trust yourself, work hard. And the more that you do that in a city like Los Angeles, the more likely you are to get really lucky, probably a couple of times. Um, So definitely come here working hard. So not only you can live here, but also you can take advantage of what the city can give you as you're working hard. Like I said before, don't get too distracted by the Hollywood scene. It's really fun to dabble in nightlife, go out with your friends, do the fun things, adventure, hang out with celebrities, go backstage to places, do the fun, exciting Los Angeles things, but don't don't think too much of that life. I feel like people get really hammered in on that and they like think it's the most important thing. When you move to Los Angeles, I would assume if you move here, you probably have something that you want to do or some some kind of career path you want to take. Um, focus on that first because that's why you're here. And that's always been really important to me to make sure I'm returning to that. And when I go out, it's not like my life isn't going out at night. Um, that's something that I do on the weekends to decompress and have a good time and adventure. Uh, it's also going out, honestly, can be such a good networking experience as well. Um, but don't take that side of it too seriously and stay focused on what you want to do the majority of the time and you'll be all good. Lastly, and this is something I think a lot of people have problems with, especially if you don't like being a small fish in a big pond, especially if you if you like to be kind of like the person in charge or the cool person around or the popular person. Um, this is something you might struggle with in Los Angeles. You should definitely allow yourself to be inspired by 
the people around you here, especially always, but especially in a place like Los Angeles, because people move to Los Angeles to make their dreams happen. And they're, there's so many powerful, amazing people who are so focused on what they're doing and are so good at what they're doing um, here that it's very competitive. Um, and it's also really, really inspiring. So you're going to find some of the best of the best at whatever it is here. And I think it's important to not get lost in comparison um, because someone's always going to be better looking, which is a given if you live in Los Angeles. People here are beautiful. Um, someone's always going to be better looking. They're going to be more smart or more talented or more creative or whatever it is. But that's okay. And that's going to happen in life. And I'm totally comfortable with that. Um LA is going to be a place or New York will be a place that really humbles you. And I really like that about Los Angeles. Um, I like that about big cities in general, because I like to run with that and allow myself to be inspired by it. I don't want to be the best at whatever it is at the room. I don't need to be the most beautiful person in the room. I, it's just not something that I'm, I think is important coming from a smaller city. I think it's easier to be that person in the room. Um, it's easier to be, the prettiest or one of the prettiest, or it's easier to be one of the most talented or one of the smartest or, uh, you know, whatever it is that you are and in LA, someone will always beat you out. Probably lots of people will be, <laughs> will beat you out. And I love that because it kind of just, it makes you be down to earth about things and it makes you realize like you're not hot shit and you have so much to learn and so much work to do, which I always think is a good thing. Um, though I think some people might find that to be off-putting. I fucking love that about Los Angeles. But anyways, if you're thinking about moving to LA, those are some tips. I I think that this has been the best thing that I have done in my 20s for myself. I always say, like, the best thing that ever happened in my life is my parents sending me to this really amazing private school when I was younger. And I went there, like, middle school through high school. And it was a very, like, it wasn't religious. It was very, like... It, it, they just taught you how to think in specific ways. And I always say that's the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. But the best thing that ever happened to me in my 20s is this experience living in Los Angeles. And it kind of was like a variation of that. It's made me think in different ways. I've learned so much. Living in a city like this, I think, also can make you way less ignorant <laughs> than I was before. Just because you don't fucking know anything about that many different types of people if you live in a very insulated place and you hang out with the same kinds of people. I feel like I've seen so much here and learned so much living in a place as diverse as Los Angeles and I've become so much more compassionate and I've become so much less ignorant, not to say that I'm not still ignorant of so many things, but LA's taught me to really to love people more and to understand people more or seek to understand them more and to be so much more compassionate. Um, and it's also taught me a lot about myself. It's challenged me. It's made me grow up. I'm so happy to have spent, you know, my earlier twenties through my mid twenties in Los Angeles. I always knew I'd probably end up leaving. Um, and most likely I'll leave at the end of the year. Cause I just, I do need a change. I need to pick up and do something different on it. Honestly, like that's that, <laughs> that's that like, chaos in me. I just, I need something different, but LA has been an amazing place. I don't like when people give it a bad rap. I feel like people come here and can't handle LA or they don't, you know, they don't keep their wits about them. They don't focus. They don't do whatever they need to do. And it ends up being bad, a bad experience for them. Or they think they're going to move here and get famous in two seconds. And that's just like not how it works. 
So they have like a bad taste in their mouth for LA. They get involved with the wrong people, etc. They don't give it enough time. There's so many ways you can do Los Angeles wrong, I think. What I talked about today, I think that's how I learned to do LA right. So there you go. That's how I moved from Texas to Los Angeles and kind of my experience and some tips. The third and final question a lot of people ask me how to develop confidence. And I find this to be a really difficult question to answer because I'm still such a work in progress, but I'll do my best. So I think when we talk about confidence as women, most of the time we're talking about our physical appearance, um, confidence with our body, confidence with our face, whatever it is. And the one thing I've noticed and I've learned in my 20s so far has been that if you think that your value you have to this world is your body or your face or your physical appearance at all, I think you're going to fixate on it and you're always going to find something wrong with it. And trust me, I've been there. There's most of my life I could look in the mirror and tell you something wrong with literally every single part of my body down to my fucking earlobes. Okay. Like truly they get kind of dry sometimes. And I've always hated that. (laughs) But the point is, As women, I think sometimes we feel like our value to the world is the way that we look. And, you know, everyone wants to be beautiful. I totally understand. I'm right there with y'all. But I think what I've noticed is there are so many things that I'm confident in and myself and so many skills that I have that I'm truly confident in, that I am not second guessing. And that's my brain for sure. And my ability to work hard if I need to. Um, And I'm learning how to trust myself more and to show up for myself more. And those kinds of things have given me a lot of confidence, just like, focusing on those things. So I think number one, the thing you have to do is focus on things that you're really good at and the things that you are confident in and the value you bring to the world, to your friends, to your partner, uh, to your family, to your work, whatever it is. Focus on those things and don't fixate so much on physical body stuff because I think when you do that again, no matter what you look like, if you're fixating on that, you are always going to be not confident about it. And I, I could, I hear, I hear my model friends echo this all the time. Like some of my friends haven't liked their experience modeling because they, it makes them fixate on their body and they're stunning and they have the most beautiful, amazing bodies, but they're like, but I have to think about it every single day. And it, it's never a positive experience when it, when things go that way. I also think that You can be okay with your confidence being a work in progress. Mine definitely is. And there's some things that I do to make myself feel confident. First, like I said, I always focus on what I do have to bring to the world and the things that I am 100% confident in. And like I said, again, that's my brain, my ability to think, uh, my ability to be compassionate, my ability to try to understand other people, my ability to critically think about things and to try to innovate and things like that in terms of my own life. I also think confidence is such a trust in yourself. I think confidence has a lot to do with showing up for yourself. So if you say you're going to do something, go fucking do it. Because that's going to make you trust yourself more. That's going to show you that you can show up for you. And that's going to make you more confident in the end. I also think that you need to notice when you are feeling powerful or confident and replicate those experiences. So for me, some things that I've done throughout my 20s is I started working on affirmations and in the morning I have forced myself not every morning but some mornings if I really need it I force myself to look at myself in the mirror and I don't know why it's so fucking awkward to look at your own self in the mirror but I force myself to do that I tell myself good things about myself and I don't feel bad about it I think sometimes society makes you think like you shouldn't think you're great (laughs) which I think there's it's a 
it's a balance between being humble and knowing that you don't know everything and knowing you can get better and knowing other people are just as good as you, but also knowing that you're great. So look at yourself in the mirror, tell yourself some nice things and do so even though if it feels cheesy and awkward, just fucking do it and continue to do that and really look at yourself like in your eyes. Okay. I found that really hard to do and I still find it really difficult to do. But I think that's a really important thing to do for your level of confidence and get used to yourself. Look at yourself, get comfortable with yourself. Don't feel awkward in front of your own self (laughs) and just fucking do it. Another thing is I like to give myself easy tasks that I can accomplish because once I accomplish them, I do feel more confident in myself. I feel more powerful. I feel like I'm getting shit done. So I always give myself tasks to accomplish. I'll write down like do your affirmations on my to-do list so I can cross it off and feel good about myself. And that really plays a good part into my confidence because I, I feel better about myself when I'm crossing things off, when I'm feeling productive, when I feel like I'm like you know, just taking my life into my own hands, I feel much more confident. Another thing I challenge myself to do a lot is I, I walk with my eyes down and my shoulders kind of arched like forward. Um, I guess like hunched forward. Um, I've always tried to, especially in person and situations throughout my, um, schooling experience and everything to kind of hide myself. And I don't want people to look at me and all that stuff. Um, which is kind of weird for someone who is an influencer, but I just have always been kind of shy and uncomfortable around people. And for me, it's really difficult to walk with my head up and my shoulders back and to like make eye contact with people. It's always been really difficult for me. So I force myself now. I remind myself to take a deep breath, sit up straight, put your head up, put your shoulders back. And just assuming that position when you're going into situations makes me feel more confident. I, I truly feel like that. It's actually like scientifically back. I was watching a TED talk about how they put people in different situations, like where they were standing in different positions and how they were standing had a lot to do with their level of confidence. And I I totally believe in that. So challenge yourself to hold your head up physically, literally hold it up, roll your shoulders back, take a deep breath, enter into a situation like that. And it's actually kind of game changing. And it's so simple. Another thing for confidence take care of yourself, hydrate yourself, make sure you're getting enough sleep. If you want to move, go move. If you want to take a break, go take a break. If you don't want to work out, don't work out. If you want to lay down, do that. If you want to go out and do something with your friends, do that. Do what you think that you need and take good care of yourself genuinely. And you're going to feel more confident as well. Another really important thing that's kind of obvious is be around people who remind you that you're great at things like be with, be around good friends. For example, my friend, Claudia, sent me some flowers the other day because I've, you know, launched my brand. I've started this podcast. I've been working really hard in work and I don't have a boss to tell me that I'm doing things well. I'm okay. If you can hear those sirens, sorry. I don't have a boss to tell me I'm doing things well. And it's a lot of the time it's easy to mark those quote accomplishments off as a to-do. Like I'm like, okay, start the business. Okay. Did that today. All right, move on. Like I don't celebrate it. And having friends who can support you and tell you, Hey, no, you're doing amazing. Or, Hey, you're doing this. Are they really, they congratulate you. They make sure you feel the good things that you're doing that can make you really confident. And it makes you realize like, Oh wait, that was actually pretty cool that I did that. Or that was actually something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, but it just, it felt like another day, another dollar. Cause I'm sitting in my apartment alone <laughs> and no one's telling me that's cool. You know? Um, so I think surrounding yourself with people who can remind you how great you are is a really, really important thing. And it's something that will really pay off over time. Um, another thing I will say, especially in terms of physical confidence, 
throughout my 20s, there has been, I've had some problems with acne. So this is my example of confidence, my confidence issues. Um, I've had body confidence issues before, but the acne has always been the worst part because it's just on my face. And like, I've always, it, it happened to me twice in my 20s where I had like two really bad bouts of acne. And I just found myself even more often not looking people in the face and hiding my face and hiding myself. And I didn't feel confident. Um, and I didn't trust myself as much because of how I looked. And I think one important thing to note for physical confidence is beyond drinking your water and getting enough sleep and treating your body right and doing what's good for you. So you can be your best self in general. If there is something that you are super insecure about, and you've thought about this and you've done your research and you want to fix something about yourself, never feel, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. I don't think you should feel bad about fixing something that is wrong for you. For me, my acne was fucking horrible and it made me feel so small. It made it really hard for me to live my best life. And I got on Spear and Lactone. I was on it for like, I've been on it now for probably nearing on a year now. It took probably three months for it to start working, but I fixed it. That's what I did. I went to the doctor. She said, do you want Spear and Lactone? I said, fine, I'll fix it like that. And it has changed everything for me to actually go into someone and get something fixed that I didn't like. Another example, my under eye bags. I've always been really insecure about my under eye bags. When I was in college, I actually got a surgery to get them removed. And I was 21. The doctor was telling me he didn't want to remove all of them because then I would have an under eye like hollow because I have more of a bag. Like it's like three fat bags underneath your eyes make your eye bag. And genetically, I just had a lot of fat underneath my eyes. So it wasn't a hollow or a dark circle. It was a fat bag. I was, I, I wanted it gone. So I went and got surgery for this. He didn't take out the whole thing, obviously, because he wanted me to still have some fat in my face because as you age, you kind of want more fat in your face. <clears throat> so he took the remainder of the bag that he didn't take out and he pulled it down to like kind of the top of my cheek and sutured it right there. And over time, it kind of moves back up. Even after the surgery, I fucking hated my eye bags. I saw them all the time. Not a lot of people noticed them, but I just felt like they made me look tired. And because my job is on camera or taking photos or whatever it is, I just was so insecure about them. And I never wanted to take pictures. I never wanted to do like the modeling thing because I was so embarrassed by my eye bags, and especially when the eye bags and the zits were happening at once. Bad news. I went and got filler in my eye bags last year and it was life-changing. I freaking love my under eye filler. I hate going to get it because it's literally miserable. I used to be like, oh, people who get filler in their face. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, y'all are warriors because getting filler (laughs) is a true American tragedy. I am mortified of those needles. It is so painful. I'm such a baby about it, but worth it for my under eyes. I found a doctor that I love and trust, a doctor who specializes in fixing and remedying eye bags. And I go under her about twice a year now to get the filler done. I think it's 100% worth it. And it makes me feel so much better. So those are two actionable things I did um, to make myself feel better about myself. And I don't feel bad about that at all. And I don't think that you should either. If there's something that you want to fix, that's a realistic fix. After you've done all this other work on your confidence, and it's still there, and it's something you want to take care of, you don't owe anyone an explanation. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You can fix whatever the fuck you want. Just be safe, do your research, be smart about who you're hiring to do these things. And my biggest thing would just be to avoid looking like super fake and ultra, whatever. If you want to look like that, you can. Um, But I think everyone has such a unique beauty to them. And I think that these kinds of procedures should definitely just enhance what you have and make you more you. 
You know what I mean? If that makes sense to anybody. But again, you can do whatever you want. I just hate to see when people go get an entirely new face to look like, you know, insert celebrity here, um, rather than looking like themselves. But again, no judgment for me if that's what you want to do. I just love seeing everyone's unique beauty. I think that's really important too, to make sure that you're confident in yourself is to actually be yourself. <laughs> just enhance it. You know, that's kind of my that's kind of my vibe with the whole Botox filler, plastic surgery, anything. Um, enhance yourself if you want to. Um, you don't have to, but if it's something you really want to change, fucking do it. And don't you don't need to tell one person about it. And that's kind of my thing for confidence. For me, I just feel confident when I feel powerful. So I like to do those little tricks, like I said before, to make myself feel powerful every single day. And it's a work in progress and it's it's work literally every single day to feel confident, at least in my experience. So work at it every single day. Look at yourself every single day. It can be an uphill battle. Sometimes I totally understand, but it's worth the commitment to yourself. And I highly recommend working on your confidence every day. All right. Well, that's it for today's pod. I hope you all liked this episode. I am really happy I got a second to kind of long form answer questions that I get a lot. And I hope that these answers uh, will help you out. I hope that these were good answers to you. I hope they resonated with you. If you guys have more questions, make sure to tweet me on Twitter at NTSPod. I made a Twitter for this podcast rather than an Instagram. I just think it's easier. And I do love Twitter. I think it's like a really interesting platform. Come follow me on Instagram at Peyton Sarton if you aren't already. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you probably already do follow me. I put up two new YouTube videos in the last week. So one was a day in my life in Dallas going around doing Dallas favorites and doing a little bit of a catch up on like what happened at home, why I was having such a bad time, etc. So there's a little more juicy details in that vlog. And then I also did a sit down unboxing of all the stuff I got when I was in D.C., and Dallas and Fort Worth and Austin. So I got a bunch of stuff here delivered to my apartment, obviously, and I did a big unboxing of that. There's some fancy stuff, there's some low-end stuff, and I have everything linked in the description. I actually love that unboxing. I got some of the best stuff ever, so definitely go check that out as well. Again, thank y'all so much for the success of Drop One, a full disclosure. I am so appreciative. I'm so happy to have people who find um, the eco-friendly you know, side of the full disclosure uh, products to be important to them. And I, I just love that you guys are buying into that as much as I do, because I think that it's really important. And I love the products I've produced so far. And I cannot wait to show you guys what's to come with that. If you guys want to follow us on Instagram, it's at wear full disclosure. You can also can find us on the website. There's a couple of hoodies left right now, actually, and I will restock here coming up soon. It's just shopfulldisclosure.com. All right, that's a lot of self-promotion, but I've got one more thing to self-promote. Please, please, please go rate and review. Note to self by Peyton Sarton. I've seen y'all, a couple of y'all doing that already without me even remembering to ask, but that's really helpful to me. And as I grow this podcast and learn more about it and all that stuff, it's a really, really helpful. Uh, if you do that, also make sure to subscribe. That would be wonderful. I'd be so happy. You can follow the podcast at NTSPod on Twitter, like I said. Tweet me there if you want to. And that's really all I have for you today. So y'all have a good week and I will see you next Tuesday.